0: one of the most attacked subjects of all of the Bible. When you first get saved, you hear about Jesus dying for your sin, and you say, wow, that's, and you, man, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts you, shows you what, it, what the gospel is, explains it to you, and you say, yes, I want it. You become a Christian. You get baptized, maybe join a local voting member of a local church, and You become active in the church ministry and everything. But you don't know a thing, really, about the Bible because you just started. Everybody's got to start. Everybody has to start. We all start the same way, ignorant. And then you begin to read the Bible, begin to hear some preaching, begin to hear something. And and a Joe witness will stop by the house and uh, begin to challenge some of the things that you've been taught where you're going to church, especially the old Fundamental Baptist Church and but just really Orthodox. They'll challenge Orthodox Christianity. Uh, They'll challenge the doctrines that have been held true for 2,000 years. And uh, it happened to me, probably happened to you, happened to somebody the first time that they laid it on me. uh, I was like, what in the world is this? You know, because they're pretty sharp. They're sharp. Let me read a passage and discuss the Uh, some areas that Jesus attested to the deity and and just run over this uh, this evening. It'll help you. It'll help you. John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 17, and all the way through 29. I'll read quickly. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that he was his father, and that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now that that comes from the people closest to the event. Uh, we have some police policemen in here, former policemen, and they know and gather in evidence. The people closest to the moment of the crime, the people that were there, they're the ones that have the most credible testimony. And these these people, these Jews were educated in the things of the, of the Old Testament, well-educated, some of them having attestated to memorizing the Old Testament. Um, and so these, these were not just your average people that he was, he was upsetting. And when he would say something, they understood where it came from, and they said that he said God was his father, making himself equal with God. Okay? And then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Ooh, that's a big statement. What God does, I do. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. And verse twenty-one is big. For as the Father raised, raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, that's causing them to come alive, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. So what the Father does, the Son does. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Ooh, that's big. Why? That all men, and this, this verse you ought to underline, circle, put it in there, because that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. I have confronted many of cults with this verse. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which he hath sent him. The cults in some way or another relegate Jesus to anything but deity, manifest in the flesh. God manifests the flesh. They They just won't do it. Verily I say unto you, verse 24, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. That's, <laughs> who can say that? And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Who can say that? Verily I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, not the voice of the Father, and they that hear shall live. Who, who can say that? For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, of in himself. He hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man, representative of man. Son of Man means representative of man. Son of God means representative of God. He's, basically, it's like this in Hebrews, said he is the exact image of an invisible God. He's the visible image of an invisible God. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 basically says. When you see Jesus, you see the Father. That's why he said to Philip, Philip said, show us the Father. And there was nothing else to say, but man, you've already seen him. You've been with me. There's no difference between me and the Father. They were having trouble with that, amen? Wouldn't you? We have without, without knowing more of the Bible. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth and have done good under the resurrection of life. They have done Evil under the resurrection of damnation. Two outcomes of Scripture, and that's not the message, but that verse right there gives you the two outcomes of this life. Either resurrection of life or resurrection under damnation. All I can say tonight is, which which will it be for you? Because one of those two is your outcome. And he's telling you ahead of time and giving you a heads up on that. The deity of Christ, as we call it, is not a contrived or forced doctrine. Uh, there, there's no other doctrine that you'll go in, in Scripture that you'll get more uh, objection to. The Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, the Islamics, all of them attack the deity of Jesus Christ as taught in the Bible. Uh, the, the, the Islamics may respect Jesus as, a, as a, some sort of a privileged or divine person, but not, not divinity by any chance. The deity of Christ, however, is a foundation of on what everything else he is rests. Get that. The deity of Christ, his equality with the Father, being one with the Father, a lot of various ways you want to word that, in whom all the fullness of, of uh, Godhead dwelleth bodily, you know, Colossians one uh, two nine. However you want to word that, Everything else he says and does rests upon this doctrine, this teaching of who he is. You know, when he still the water, the disciple says, what manner of man is this? I mean, who is he? Who is this? When he came in the triumphant entry and the children started yelling, Hosanna, and they started putting branches down in front of him and throwing their clothes down in front of him and they left. The, the whole city said, who is this? It was a question on the centurion at the cross. What manner of man is this? Who is this? Surely this man is the son of God. And, and, and all of your, your life and my life is to identify, a key is to identify who is Jesus. Who is he? If Jesus is equal with the Father, he is different from all those who came before him or since him claiming some sort of a divine mission. If Jesus is equal with the Father, then all he did is different than those who have claimed to be sent from God. Jesus claimed of himself things that no other religious leader ever had the courage to claim. Let me say this. You can say this with confidence, that Jesus Christ stands alone. Among all the so-called saviors of the world, Jesus Christ stands alone. He stands different. He's not one of many saviors. He is a unique, only begotten Son of God. Not like anyone else. In In the context of where we're at in John chapter... Uh, 5 verses 1 through 16, we, we see that Jesus performs an undeniable miracle, visible miracle. No one else could deny it. He heals the impotent man, visibly, obviously, who was deformed and damaged. The man was uh, this way for some 38 years, and <laughs> many in the area knew him. It was it's just undeniable. And it's coming from this context that he enters in and shows us six attestations Six attestations. I like that word. Things that testify that he was the son of God. Number one is it was attest- his deity is attested by equal miracles with the father. That's found in verse 19, 21. Nobody before or after Jesus did the miracles he did. Nobody, nobody in his name. Pharisees who willfully, purposefully wanted to kill him could not deny it. The miracles were too visible, too, ex- too examinable, if that's a word, and too undeniable. They were testable. You could touch them, feel them. Were you the guy? Were you born blind? Were you the guy down here by the pool of Siloam? Yeah, I'm him. I'm him. They just they're used to, Compare that with the faith healers that are going around today or, and, and have been going around. Who, who he seemed to always heal something invisible something internal you know something outside or something inside that you can't quite uh, man I want a faith healer to take somebody who's got a deformed arm from birth a little short arm and I want I want him to see, I want that arm to go out like this what about you I want somebody who's never had eyes from the beginning and they got empty eye sockets and it's been verified by science and doctors and their parents I want them to get brand new eyes and be able to see like what Jesus did, brother, this this hocus pocus, a uh, couple card tricks that some of these faith healers do. By the way, they always pass around a real big offering, Kentucky Fried Chicken offering bucket. The miracles that Jesus did were absolutely undeniable. Uh, was no invisible stuff. They're different from the magicians, different from the wizards, different from the seducers, and the folks that did sleight of hand. Uh, These miracles that Jesus did were equal and even in some cases surpassed the miracles of Jehovah in Egypt. There's 34 recorded miracles in the New Testament. That's not a lot. That's not a lot at all. There were many thousands, thousands, thousands more recorded and in, in, uh, John twenty one twenty five says, there, were, there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that should be written. In other words, he's saying, wow, I mean, there's just, there's a whole myriad of things that he did. He went into villages, the Bible says, and healed everybody that was infirmed, everybody that had a demon. He went into the villages, these small city, healed them all. The Bible says he healed all that were sick. Just give you a reference, Matthew 8, 16. He raised three people from the dead, the widow's son, Jairus' daughter, and Lazarus. Is it enough that Lazarus had been dead for four days and he was to the place where normally they'd be stinking without embalming? I mean, why did Jesus wait? He waited so that they would believe. These miracles, the first attestation to Jesus' equality with the Father and his deity was that he did miracles worthy of the Father and equal with the Father. And that's what they meant by who are you that are making yourself equal with the Father, making God your Father, consequently making yourself equal to God. The second thing we see, uh, he attested by his equal relationship with the Father. Look at verse 17 18. My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought more to kill him, because not a broken child. But he, God was his father. In Philippians 2.6, it says, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He, he was already equal with God. It wasn't something to be grasped at to be equal with God. He was equal with God. Uh, as I quoted before, Colossians 2.9 says, For him dwelleth all in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's a pretty unique word, that Godhead. It only occurs... I think three times New Testament. Here's Romans. Here's here. The phrase "Son of God" was clearly understood to mean equal with and sharing with the genetic relationship or the essence of God the Father. Uh, He was not. He was not uh, ever thought to be a created being like Satan or Lucifer or like Michael or like Gabriel. The Son of God was a phrase used a lot in, in Scripture. I had a Joe witness one time said, the word Son of God was never used for Jesus. I thought, man, you've got, you got to get over that. Matthew 4, 3, and 6 said, the devil referred to him as the Son of God. The devil himself, he ought to know. The demons referred to him as the Son of God, Matthew 8, 29. The disciples worshiped him as the Son of God, Matthew 14, Jesus confessed it so, in Matthew 26, 63, 64. John the Baptist said he was the son of God in John 1.34. Martha confessed that he was the son of God in John eleven twenty seven. Part of the reason I give these references, is because this is being recorded and going over the internet, going who knows where. And I want people listening to this to know we're not just making this stuff up. This is the Bible. This relationship he had meant equality and a shared nature with the Father. The third thing we see, uh, He attested by equality or equal responsibility with the Father. That's found in verse 22 of chapter 5. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all, how much? All. All judgment to the Son. So we see it was attested by equality of miracles. It was attested by equality of relationship. It was attested by equality of responsibility. In the entire Old Testament, Jehovah uh, was ascribed to be the one who was the judge of the world. You search it out. The entire Old Testament, Jehovah God was the judge of the world. starting in Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, Abraham recognized Jehovah. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Remember that when he was arguing for Sodom? Running through the entire 39 books of the Old Testament, Jehovah is the judge of the world. Then you come to the New Testament. You come to Jesus, and he talks of being given the prerogative that only God the Father had ever even been mentioned to be given. He can, how can one judge, how can Jesus be the judge of the living and the dead, which the Bible says so clearly in the New Testament, he is going to, who are you going to see at the great white throne judgment? You're going to see Jesus, the Son of God. Who are you going to see at the Bema Seat of Christ? You're going to see Jesus, the Son of God. It's been said, when you go to heaven, you're not going to see the Father, you're going to see the Son. Because to see the Son is to see the Father. How can one judge without omnipotence? How can one judge without omnipresence? How can one honestly and fairly judge without omniscience? The answer is, only God knows enough of anything, especially of us, to righteously and finally judge us. Judge when Jesus Christ judges us, he's going to have all the information. And one of the, one of the critical things of judging anything is to have all the information. The Bible says judge nothing before time. How many times do we make judgments too soon? We hear a few things, we make a judgment. I've done that over and over again. Too soon, too quick, need to get more information. More information, more information. And, and brother, God, Jesus being the judge of all the earth, he's if he's not God, he's not qualified. Because he wouldn't have these tools. Because these are the attributes of God in the Bible. No, not not contrived, not man made, but biblically stated attributes. Omnipresence, omniscience, uh, and omnipotence, all powerful. So we see it's a, and, and the fourthly is so. That was third, by the way. Number four. His deity is attested by equal honor. Equal honor. Look at verse 23. That all men should honor the Son even as, circle that, even as, even as, even as they honor the Father. Um, Without Jesus being equal with the Father in nature, this would violate the first and second commandments of the Ten Commandments. And it would, it were many other injunctions by the prophecy it would violate. It would be sacrilege and blasphemous to have any other gods before first command, have no other gods before me. And so if you believe Jesus Christ is who he said he is and you worship him, as, then, then you're, if, if he's not, you're violating the 10 commandments. We give equal honor. He says, honor the Son as you honor the Father. Now, that's new as far as the Bible is concerned when you get into the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, it was Jehovah God. Uh, He goes by various names, Almighty God, you know, Elohim, Creator God. But I think it was about uh, seven major names for God in the Old Testament. But I can tell you this, nobody else was to receive worship. Nobody. Except Jehovah God. And yet, in the case of Jesus, we see it over and over again. Eight different times Jesus is worshipped in the New Testament without rebuke. Now, if he's a holy man, if Jesus is a holy man, if somebody falls down to begin to worship you, you're you're immediately going to go, stop! I'm a man like you are. I'm a a man with the same kinds of, no, don't, no, worship God. That's what they did in the book of Revelation. When John was so overwhelmed, he fell down before that messenger, and they said, Stop! Don't fall down before me. I'm, I'm just like you. I'm one of the fellow saints. Worship God. That's the message of the whole Bible. Worship God. Who is Jesus? If He's not God, you're committing, you're violating the first two commandments of the Ten Commandments. And that's not so you're not violating that. By giving the same honor to Jesus you give to the Father, you, you give, you, you're not violating it at all because you're, He is God manifest in the flesh, as it says in the book of Second Timothy. So Jehovah knows that clearly would not share His glory. We know this. I don't have time to, to um, build the case on this any more than a couple verses. And Isaiah 48:11 says, for mine own sake, even for mine own sake will I do it. For how many how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory unto another. And there's another place, Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Ditto. It's clear as crystal. It's over and over again. Actually, from chapter 42 to 48, he goes over and over and says, I'm not going to share my... Other. He says another verse I didn't mention. There's no other Savior but me. He said, there, I don't know of another Savior. Now, God knows everything. He says, I don't know of another Savior. I am the Savior. Well, Jesus Christ is, what is he considered in, in the New Testament? What's he called? Savior. He's called the Savior. Interesting. The fifth attestation of the deity of Christ that mentioned in John chapter 5 is found in verse 24a, the first part of that as attested by the equality of inspiration. I think this is really powerful. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. In John 6, 63, he says, the flesh profiteth nothing, but the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Uh, in John twelve forty eight, these are just a sampling. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken. Now, in Psalm it says, 119, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Who would ever refer to his words as being this important if he wasn't God? This is God talking. There's no prophet going to get up there and say that kind of stuff. Nobody in his right mind would say that kind of stuff because you know that you're going to die and who knows if your words are going to get fulfilled or not. But trust me, every word that Jesus spoke got fulfilled. Why? He wasn't just a man. He was God-man. And God manifests in the flesh. Psalm 119 in in the Old Testament is devoted to the Word of God and its eternal quality. And Jesus' words are equal in importance and in power and in impact with the very words of God in the Old Testament. Number six, and lastly tonight, he attested in this, in this short passage in John chapter 5, he's, he attested his deity and his, his, uh, his uh, equality with God by his power, by the power he had been given. In John chapter 24, the last part of the verse through 29, he says, Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. That's a lot of power. If I said, well, if you believe on me, you're going to have eternal life, I'd have to have the power to do it. Now, folks, why is it important to understand who Jesus is? Is because if he is God, manifest in the flesh as he said he was, and as he attested to over six times just in this one short passage, then he is able to do what he said he will do. And when, when, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God makes me a promise, and Jesus makes me a promise, if I will believe in Him and put my faith in Him as my Savior, that I'm going to be forgiven of my sins and given eternal life. And so many other promises in Scripture hang on His authority. If his word is not good, if he doesn't have the power to do what he says, then none of that is true. And what did did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? If Christ be not risen from the dead, we are of all men most miserable. Why? Because we believe we're going to heaven. We believe our sins were forgiven. We believe Jesus was, but he wasn't. He said if Jesus did not conquer death in the resurrection and eventually crush the power of Satan and the power of death, then he cannot do what he said he was going to do. That's where that all goes. But he was resurrected. He was attested over 500 people at one time. And he did appear to Paul after the resurrection. And Christ Jesus did have power over death, hell, and the grave. And he does have the power to save you tonight. He does have the power to keep you, by not, not just save you, but keep you all the way home. Oh, trust him. Trust him. It's a beautiful thing. He says in verse 25, "The hour is come, and now is that the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And we're talking <laughs> all the dead. How many of the dead? All the dead." How many dead are there? How many people have died since Adam? A whole bunch. Oh, you smart Alec. All of them. How many people in the graveyard? All of them. But, brother, everybody that's ever died, believer or not believer, are going to hear his voice. Whose voice? His voice. Who can say that? This is not Michael the archangel. This is not Gabriel. This is not. Uh, uh, this, this. He's light years past. In fact, he created Gabriel and he created Michael. And the strongest angels of the cherubims, he created them. They're there for his pleasure, his glory verse 26, for as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. And he's given him authority, verse 27. And in 28, he says, they're going to hear his voice, everybody that's in the grave, everybody. And they have done good on the resurrection of life, they've done evil in the resurrection of damnation. Wow. It's all come down to this. Whosoever, whoever has the power of life and death is God. The ultimate power of life and death is God. I like what Jesus said, no man's going to take my life from me. You know, the soldiers are running around, they're smacking him, and they're threatening him, and we're going to crucify you and, and all of this. You know what I believe? As I've gotten older, this has kind of dawned on me. You know, maybe one of the hardest things for Jesus in the whole, the whole Gethsemane to the eventual uh, it is finished was controlling his power. I mean when somebody's whooping on you and smacking you unjustly he could have said be gone boop. be dead boop I think the marvel of Satan and his angels were that Jesus didn't react he was as a lamb before his shears is dumb so he opened not his mouth had he opened his mouth He could have erased, when he's in the garden, and he's saying, "Um, if it be possible that this cup would pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. Thank God he ended that. Because I believe had the the son, which he wouldn't have, because there's no have to, because he couldn't have failed, because he's God. He was going to go through Gethsemane. And he was going to accept the cup. But the suffering part of it, and it says in Hebrews, was to actually teach him. You say, can God learn? Of course he can learn. Why wouldn't he be able to learn? You read Hebrews, see what you think it says. He learned how to be a better high priest by the sufferings in which he was afflicted by. And so, Jesus in the garden I think the biggest, the biggest trembling and this sweating as it were drops of blood, wasn't just the fact he was going to become sin and be separated from the Father, but the fact that his words could change everything. And he was meek, so we see in this passage he, attest, he attested to his equality by his miracles. He attested to his equality by his relationship, the Son of God. He attested to his equality by his being given responsibility or judgment over everything. He has attested to his equality by equal honor with the Father. He attested to his equality by his words being inspired, literally inspired. And lastly, he attested to his equality by the power he had over life. Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. We have a savior, God, manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, believed on by the Gentiles, received up into glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's now making intercession for us on the right hand of the throne on high, uh, waiting for, I I believe, that last believer, and then the rapture of the church. But if not, you're going to go through death. And you know what? There's nobody better to trust about going through death than Jesus. He's been there. He's going to take your hand, and He's going to walk you through death. As soon as you step through death, uh, it's... (coughs) Oh, man, I'm telling you, everything I read in the Word of God, woo, you wouldn't want to come back here for five, mom- five seconds. Oh, I'm going to miss my dog. No, you won't. Oh, I'm going to miss my husband, in that order. No, you won't. <laughs> oh, I'm going to miss my cat, in that order. No, No, you won't. Oh, I'm going to miss my pet fish. No, you won't. You're not going to miss anything this Saturday. You're not going to miss a thing, not a thing. Don't worry. Dear believer, don't worry about it. The the glories that shall be aren't comparable. Don't try to put them up to each other. Sometimes I walk around my my place, which I developed from, you know, five acres of wilderness. We developed in the last 20 years to where it is today. And and I'll be honest with you, it's been a blessing from God to me to be out in the country. I love the country. Uh... Farm living is the life for me. (laughs) Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan. Just give me the countryside. But uh, I just love it in the woods, in the country. You can hear the quiet, man. You can hear the quiet. And uh, sometimes in my humanity, I walk around there going, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. I hope my wife's next husband likes this. (laughs) And then I I shake myself and say, Bill, you ain't going to miss nothing. You're not going to miss anything. In fact, you'll be ashamed you ever even thought that. How dare you think, compare your stuff with God's. And if, if in this fallen state, God can give us the little things that he's given us here to comfort us. How much more on the other side? Amen? Amen. On the way to the cross, Jesus makes an astounding statement. The women are weeping for him. They know he's a righteous man. They know he's a they know he's a prophet, he healed so many. The women are, as he's being whipped and beaten and spit on and railed, they're, they're weeping and they're lamenting for him. He says, enough, he stops enough to talk. Weep not for me, but weep for you and your children. Don't weep for me. Brother, don't be sorry about you here. You here, brother, uh, so-and-so gets to go to heaven. Don't you feel a moment sorry about that. Weep for yourself that you've been left behind. <laughs> that you got more time. you got to go through th- I mean, you get to go through. I mean, you, yeah. Hey, I want to live every day to its fullest, man. I want to do what God wants me to do today and then tomorrow. I want to just fulfill every one of them. Because on my clicker, you know, everybody's got that clicker. Click, click, click. Wouldn't it be nice if God showed you that thing about three days before the end? Click, click, click. But he doesn't, does he? You're riding, you're you've sat in a tree stand for three hours, you're riding, and you're getting ready to have a big old Italian noodles and whatever in the world Georgie puts in them things, and a hot meal, you're frozen, and boom, you're getting an auto accident. It can be over. It can be over that quick. No notice, no heads up. That's the way God does it for us. Why worry about it? Father, help us tonight to worship you in spirit and in truth, to worship you for who you really are, God manifest in the flesh. Forgive us where we've doubted your power, where we somehow thought you weren't able to do something. Help us to trust you for whatever your decisions are concerning us. Help your people tonight to have a confidence a biblically based confidence in who you are help none of these folks to be deceived by the cults who so desperately try to pull Jesus down from where he is god help them to be convicted of that and it would be that they could be converted father there could be some in this room tonight and say lord i have not trusted this This Jesus that you describe, I've not trusted him as my Savior. All I can say one more time, God gives you the option and the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. He'll manifest himself as you step forward, one foot forward. He'll take a foot towards you, a step towards you. Your little bit of faith will be answered by more faith. Why don't you trust him? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But you know, he said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. I believe, as a born again Christian, you're going to want to get before some folks and say, I got saved. I've trusted Christ. Father, we pray that you'd help folks tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together, sing a verse. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com